Hey guys, it's Fab here, and we appreciate all the love we receive, but our social media is getting a little jealous. So, do us a favor, open your Instagram, and type in Last Call Podcast and send us a follow. You can comment under our photos and pictures and let us know what you want us to talk about each week. And if you haven't followed us on iTunes and SoundCloud yet, go ahead and search Last Call Podcast and make sure you get the one with Ken, Fab, Dave to get all the episodes as soon as they drop. Thanks again for listening. Keep your glass full, drink responsibly, and make sure you tip your bartender. Okay, last call. Order now before I turn on the lights and you really see what's going on with yourself. You don't know, eh? Hermes <laughs> Lane. It's a Harlem thing, eh? <laughs> last call podcast thing, eh? <laughs> Baka. Okay. What's up, folk? How y'all doing? Uh, my name's Ken. I'm Fab. Dave. And uh, you listen to the last... <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the last call podcast. Dave had decided to shorten his... Um, or hyphen his... Um, his uh, AKA, intro tonight. A.K.A. Ice Blue Mink. Hermes Link. <laughs> more um, chewing for your head, though. More chewing for your head. So, wait. Okay. So, can I ask a question? No. Okay. Uh, All right. Moving on. <laughs> no, yeah. What's, what's good? <laughs> so, um, so, last night, Drake... Won the most uh, Billboard awards amounts, whatever, ever, right? So he goes up on stage for his final award, and he he goes to Adele. Adele, you can win it next year. It's a Badman thing, and I like. Is that what he did? Yes, he yes he did, (laughs) and I'm just I cringing, just like so before like 2013. Have you ever heard any Caribbean reggae influence on any Drake album record interview ever? I mean, I don't recall. Okay, me neither. Okay, so I thought I was alone on that one. Um, yeah. So um, as we're sipping uh, Virginia Black, um, <laughs> um, Drake's inspired whiskey. Yeah. What is so? What was that? Yeah, I don't Jesus. know. Jesus. I just but, took a sip of that. Well, well, oh, while Dave's going through it, um, uh, we have uh, a couple special guests in the building, um, especially one with the microphone from John. I'll let you introduce yourself, bro. What's good, man? Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Jonathan. I'm one of the co-founders of Blavity. We're a tech and media startup focused on empowering black millennials. Yes. Big up. Love Blavity. It's, uh, it's been a, a work in progress getting you here, so um, we definitely appreciate you coming through and spending your time and sipping on something with us and, and sharing your thoughts and opinions. Um, I like that. He had that, he had that good NPR intro. Yeah, yeah. You've been practicing that. It's not your first, <laughs> that's your first time around the rodeo, huh? Nah, man. I'm I sitting here with my friend uh, from the university <laughs> school. <laughs> nice. did, you, did you catch any of that uh, last night, John? Any of the... Uh, I caught a little bit. I, I just I saw the memes today right. of of Drake. Man, it's always he, he's always he's always good for for something trending on Twitter. So. The facts, facts. So um, as he went up on stage last night to collect the uh, I guess Artist of the Year award, him and fifty of his mans. Did he? Literally fifty mans <laughs> walk on stage. Every one of them had a bottle of this in their hand, like Smart. this. Yeah, looking mad niggerish. So we appreciate them for that. Um, did they give say, you one? Or yeah, did that so, come from? yeah, so there was a couple extra backstage in Vegas. So I had I got on the phone with Mans and said, um, yo. Are we telling He said, yo, is it's Drizzy. Is this a bow-wow challenge? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Um, no, we're actually in Vegas right now. As we speak, live. Not really. I just like. Or I in think, Vegas. I think I might have spoke to this before, but you know me. I'm just like so 
involved with design. Like, yo, that bottle is like stupid. Like, you're not. It's not made to carry to handle. That's what makes Hennessy so like. Even Ciroc, Ciroc is like you know, what I'm saying it's a slimmer grip. Exactly, exactly. Grippable like, bottle. I feel like in this day and age, if you're making liquor, your liquor should uh, uh, tend to like the club culture because that's what you're pushing for for at least those heavy sales. That's why it was cool for like Rick Ross to get into Bel Air because I mean champagne is so easy to carry, right? right. And like who else was doing the champagne thing? I mean he tried to do the Ace of Spades, but like let's come in at a, a, a more entry price point. So well, to, his, to to his credit, and Fab, I'll let you finish. So it's it's an American whiskey, right? It's an American. Sorry. <coughs> so my thing is, it's it's supposed to be an, an American bourbon whiskey, right? So it's a blend of two, three, and four year aged bourbon whiskeys. Um, why? Why he and by the way, it's called it's dubbed Virginia Black. It's made in Indianapolis, um, or Indiana, I should say, not Indianapolis, but not far from Indianapolis. Um, Was the idea for it to be like Canadian whiskey? Or? So my thing is like there is Canadian whiskey. Like Canadian Mist is an actual Canadian whiskey. I don't know why Roy- he wouldn't go that Crown route. Royal, right? <laughs> Crown Royal is the Canadian whiskey. So like I don't know why he wouldn't go that route and try to promote. Canada that way, but he went with an American aged bourbon whiskey. Okay, whatever. So the goal of it was to actually cater to a more smoother whiskey crowd, right? It wasn't supposed to be for you like your hard, harsh, sour mash bourbon whiskey drinkers, right? It's not for the basil Hayden drinkers and the the bullet um, uh, the bullet rye and and, and um and the the uh, uh, Willets point. It's it's not for those specific bourbon drinkers. It's a smoother. I guess they wanted, uh, of course, how Drake caters his music to women. He wanted to cater his whiskey to women as well to to um uh I guess cater to their palate something a little smoother they could drink and say, hey, ladies, you can drink whiskey too. Fab, do you have an opinion on the whiskey? Um, I mean, I think it's personally not aged enough, but the, as far as the bottle goes, if he's pushing it as a premium brand, then I can understand why they didn't really make the bottle holdable because okay. most like premium bottles aren't like, they, they just they're not the being served every, you know, second. It's like, you know, the only, the, the big ballers are going to, you know, buy it or people that are splurging. Right. So I kind of like understand that. I mean, I I kind of like the bottle. Like it's nice. Like the the gold like accents on it. It's mm-hmm. it's nice. It it looks. It's something that you kind of want to display. Yeah, that you can display and it would stand out. Which is good because around. also like technically and correct me if I'm wrong. You want the people like locals or like the people buying in the liquor store is more profitable than buying at the bar, right? True. So like you, they want us to go to the liquor store and buy these bottles and put them in our homes. Versus just ordering them at the bar. True indeed. True indeed. Well, I mean, we appreciate we appreciate that. Um, you know, we're going to be sipping on that um, for the entire episode. Um, a lot went on this week. <laughs> I'll be real between um, Drake pop up concerts and I know Future was in town. We had um, indictments brought up. Uh, not indictments, but uh, investigations opened up on the um president of the united states and his campaign so Mm -hmm. it's been an an interesting week out here fab i know you managed to find a way into that secret drake concert that happened it wasn't a secret drake concert it was a private event for Uh, like individuals and i just we just got there (laughs) 
the it was the Adult Swim upfront. Right. It's not a secret Jake concert. Um, but Adult Swim, they bought out Terminal Five, and they hired Drake, and he performed. They had to cut a mean check for that, I would imagine. I believe the numbers were two million. Jesus. Yeesh. That's what I heard. <laughs> and it was only a couple days before the event too. Uh huh. So, but it was dope. Migos came out like they performed like three songs. Um, yeah. How long? <laughs> how long was the concert in general? Okay, so I got there and I think I missed like a song and like an intro of some sort. And he performed. I think it was like thirty minutes okay it was like a, at least i don't really remember but it was like he did it was like a full concert it wasn't like a 15 minute like summer jam situation it was definitely like 30 to 40 minutes okay so i put on a decent size so for a free show yeah in the city it was a good it was decent, decent yeah decent i mean level. it wasn't free somebody paid for it well <laughs> it's not like j cole did a pop-up like it was it was like a yeah. private event gotcha but, but i'm saying the attendees didn't pay for the no performance no it's like going to a holiday party. Right. Or right. like a bat mitzvah. Up, up front is the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was tight. That, the event was crazy. And then True TV had the after party. And it was a whole nother event. Like, we, as soon as you left Terminal 5, you saw people with signs and fing- signs of fingers pointing. And they were like, this way to the after party. The party buses are going to take you to Stage 48, which is literally walking distance. And we were like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And you get to Stage 48 and they bought that out. And it's like full open bar, full food. Like it's a, a whole nother event, and that went till four a.m. It was crazy. It was a good time. That was dope. I mean, from what I heard and the snaps that I saw, um, <laughs> I wasn't. Able people to were selling their souls to get there, man. People were really selling their souls. I heard there was a lot of people that was left outside the door, just like begging and pleading. You know, when I walked up, there wasn't even like people like you know like the normal like industry or whatever events like it wasn't there was nobody really outside like i feel like unless you really knew you could get in you didn't go didn't even attempt yeah um so i went to the future show not the one at barclays i actually went to the pnc arts center um which i'd never been to um it's an interesting venue because it's it's a like a circle amphitheater and if you have a really nice day it can be like one of the most livest places to go to see a show because it's like a festival kind of feel to it because half the people are sitting underneath that circular cover of the amphitheater and then more than I would say it the the, the bottom half that's covered probably can cover around 3,000, 4,000 people. But then the outside of it, I mean, it's it's an endless amount of space. So I'd say there was clearly maybe around eight to ten thousand people there for the show and it was crazy like it was it was a great environment i wasn't all the way down i was up on the field um so luckily like i said if you have a nice day it's it's live it's really great and it really um kind to me set off that festival feeling because we are entering you know festival season um so it, it was a really dope vibe um future came out he um tory lanes was there um Young Thug was there, so I I I think Migos was supposed to be there, but for whatever reason they didn't show up. But I know they showed up to the Barclays show the next day on Saturday. But it was it was a really dope venue, and the I, one they got allegedly shot up. Um, yeah, that one. Um, did it? Mm-mm. Okay, that was just rumors. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Johnny, you heard about that? Yeah, well, they said it was like a loud pop. Yeah, that I think something on the stage like actually popped. Like a claim, it was like and a because clear. it was over and people were walking. They heard a pop and people were like, "Not today!" And then right. people just got splattered. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> well, hope they're okay. Um, but I, like Future puts on a good show. He does. He puts on a good live show, and um, I like the way they mix it up. Where you know he does half a set. Comes in, comes out, or he steps out and lets who was ever, he let Ferg get his shine on. That's who else was there, ASAP Ferg. And then he let Young Thug get his shine on, and he came back out again. So, like, the way the show was set up, it was, I would definitely, um, if you get a chance to see Future this summer, um, whether it be at a festival or at one of his shows, wherever you are, I, I definitely recommend seeing it because it was dope. Um, you enjoyed the Young Thug set? Uh, I. <laughs> I walked. You want to know the God truth? Damn it, Chuck! Why you start laughing? <laughs> you want to know the truth? I, actually, I had his ass. Go I, ahead. I walked away. The young thug said, uh, "I did." I walked. I walked away to get something to drink. It, it sounded nice though. <laughs> Do anything. Dog. I'm dead ass. I'm nigga. I walked away and, and uh, went to <laughs> get some more. Um, Nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so John, while we have you here, um, uh, let's you know open up about how you got Blavity started, and I, I, like how it became to be. It feels like one of this big uh, moguls that millennials, especially Black millennials, turn to for a lot of their uh, daily information. Yeah, man. Um, so I went to school with all my co-founders. So Morgan's our CEO. She's a year ahead of me. And then our COO, Aaron, is a year ahead of her. And then our CTO, Jeff, is a year ahead of him. So we're all sequentially a year apart. We went to school in St. Louis um, in Washington University. And so at a school like that, you're usually looking at a black population of like no more than like five to six percent. They'd add in the one percent of the grad school just to like round it above five. Um, So in places like that, there's only like a couple like things on campus where you can sort of gather together and black students would see each other because depending on what your undergrad classes were like if you're in engineering a lot of people don't even survive that if you're in pre-med it's even less and if you're in like sort of undergrad or anything like that you don't really see black people like that and so every sort of section of black students at the campus had a gathering place or a place where they would actually just get together in our year it happened in the lunchroom so there was like a circular table which could fit around like maybe 10 people at like maximum mm-hmm. on like a bad day you had like 15 16 just like grabbing chairs squatting up and it was like the epicenter of like black life on campus because otherwise you wouldn't see people so if you were a freshman and you like didn't have any friends which is kind of how i came in like you would just see black people and you'd be like i gotta like I got to run up or something. Like, like I said, what's up? Right. Yeah, because I don't, like, they give you the game. Seniors would, would be there. People would, like, study, chop it up. Uh, people from other campuses would come, and, like, if there was a party in the city, they'd drop a flyer off there because they knew everybody would come grab it. And so that 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 physical um, and that sort of that action um, of bringing people together had a term. That term was blavity. So it's where black and gravity, right? So it uses to describe that feeling when you see somebody black and there's an affinity there. Um and so everybody graduates and people go off in their careers and disperse. Morgan uh, moved to the Bay Area, uh, working tech uh, as a product manager. And I was in the Bay also at LinkedIn. And um, my COO, Aaron, was in um, New York doing consulting. And then Jeff um, was also um, in the Bay, but then he had moved to Atlanta. So Morgan had this pretty brilliant idea about, like, if you're thinking about media, at the time, she she was thinking about it. So this is like the end of 2014. Actually, sorry, the end of 2013, early 2014. Things are sort of like 
non-consolidated. So if you're thinking about where you sort of get your information, you have minimally like six to eight tabs open. So you're looking at like everything from your BOSIPs to your roots to HuffPost, Black Voices, like anything to sort of get an amalgamation of interest. Um, but there wasn't really people that were like us writing those stories. We were just consuming it, sharing it. And we were like, in, Twitter's popping now. Like this is sort of the early stages of people getting on. That's Vine right. Vine is like at its peak, right? You're seeing people yeah. actually break, get production deals. Like people are really popping. So Morgan's idea was like, what's redefine that sort of digital community and that physical community we had at WashU, like let's bring that online because that means you have scale. And when you have scale, you have impact. And with impact, you can touch people um, with a higher impact with less lift. So like it, it takes less energy to actually reach those people right. because you can show up on their phone, you can show up on their screen, and that means that you can have a conversation that doesn't have to end. Um, and so she, she sort of gathered all of us together and was like, I got this idea, what do you think? Um, and Morgan's been a boss since I knew her, so like, you never know if an idea is going to work, but I know how hard Morgan works. So I was like, yeah, what do you need me to do? Like what, like what role? So I was still at work at the time. I was doing a lot of um, editorial stuff, and so she was like, I need somebody to help write. So I was like, all right, cool. I moved back to New York um, and was still writing, and we just the site kept growing. Like we just it never really stopped, sort of expanding and developing. And so from there, um, you know, Morgan had quit her job. Um, people started to sort of shift. We started to think about like what infrastructure you need to sort of build a team like that. Um, and it's been on since then. Um, and so my role shifted a couple different times, but right now I sort of sit at the intersection of uh, a lot of strategic partnerships, um, a lot of sort of how we work with media mm -hmm. and a lot of the education required. So we, we do a lot of brands and agencies that sort of don't necessarily know what our audience is or even been exposed to sort of like the stuff that we see naturally. So in the marketplace, the stuff we talk about is sort of new, right? But it's not new to us. We're just, we're making new stuff. By the time the market adjusts, we're already on to something different. And so we try to make sure that we can have that conversation. But then when we do work with people that they understand that there's a cultural significance here, we're not giving up any equity um, and we're not harming our audience when we sort of work with people. Right. It's like that. That's dope. Um, during the beginning stages, were there any like hurdles that were just, difficult to climb or was it just all straight ascending because it was like a new platform that was reaching voices that hadn't been targeted yet yeah i mean there's always hurdles i think you know it's always traction right so the idea when you're building something like attention is currency so to actually get someone to pay attention to something you have to provide value and you have to persistently do it and you have to prove like why someone should like join something like why should i give you my email address that's essentially what all of us do every day we make a choice in our inbox of like why in the world should i care about your podcast or your youtube channel or uh this 50 percent off discount from j crew like why does this matter and so i think in a space that's pretty proliferated the the, the first challenge was like how do you give something of value to people and explain to them what you're doing. And so I think for us, it was always around community. So we had originally started in the first iteration with sort of a video newsletter. So we were trying to curate sort of like really, really dope videos that um, you wouldn't necessarily find. So if you think about like how people have sort of grown their following socially, um, this is around the time where you have natural hair, 
um, vloggers like taking off on YouTube. So a lot of people right. were sort of building their actual followings. You have a lot of people, spoken word poetry has always been big visually because that sort of um, touches more than one sense. So you can hear poetry when you see it. It sort of creates an emotional connection. Um, we we're talking about a lot of comedy, so a lot of comedians. And so we wanted to serve people that. Um, and so we started doing it, but what we noticed is when I when we would write content, traffic would sort of spike. And so we had to figure out, like, how do we get more people creating content? Um, this is also tangentially during the time that Ferguson's happening. So we're talking about, like, the summer of 2014. 2014 so a, lo- yeah. a lot of, like, media is not reporting, like, the actual story. And so you have people saying one thing on Twitter, but CNN is saying something completely different. And so you're, people don't know where to turn to. Conflicting yeah. messages. And you don't know. We, we knew people down there. And so part of part of, I think... How we were able to engender trust is we figured out that it was more important that we give people a platform to talk about things and walk away. And so if the only job is to make it as easy as possible for someone to be like, hey, I saw this thing. I need somewhere to say it. And we were like, great, say it here. And we'll promote it and we'll push it out digitally and we'll reach people faster. And you, the the credibility level doesn't change because somebody knows that person. Sure. So that's the idea. So you allow people to submit yeah, and is it just like a screening process or like an editor process that goes through it? And yeah, okay. so that's about sixty percent of our content now is user generated. Okay. So people, anybody can write, and then usually we try within seventy two hours if somebody gets you feedback, and if and if it passes through the process, gets through copy, uh, you can get an email notification like, hey, like we saw the post, great, it's up, share it, and so like really, it's still our community members are the most important people. Like no, absolutely. So I can, I can, and that leads to continued growth because. Somebody that hasn't gotten their stuff, like has an outlet to put their stuff out, yeah. gets their stuff out. They share it. They share it to other people. Mm-hmm. Other people see the site. They turn to it. So it's just a yeah. continued, just an outreach of growth. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, that's that's dope. That's yeah. that's awesome. I'm trying to do. That's awesome. What, um, I, what I actually like commend you guys on is, um, well, you know, I from I mean, we've had you know guys from Dream Defenders on, and just talking about different movement groups and just like talking about the impact of black twitter and what i can say about um blavity amongst a couple other guys who are like you know trying to what you said consolidate like all of these like inputs to like one outlet so that people can see all of this under one umbrella um that's a a a hell of a task to get to because people are kind of allured to twitter because there's like it's like a non-stop like some people kind of like like revel in the like the spontaneity of like what Twitter is because you just never know but be it from micro to something an inside joke between your friends to mm-hmm. macro like where there's like a you know like something goes viral you know whatever yeah. so like being able to like actually like take I mean really take time to understand like what's important for people to get you know because that's hard and so with that I'm saying like I know I touched on out off, uh, off the air or whatever but just like uh you know, we have all of these different media outlets, and for one, it's um I kind of compare it to like like a Lebar Ball situation because it's like, man, he's a black entrepreneur, but like look how he's doing it, <laughs> you know. Like I can say that about like, and you mentioned like Bossip, a media takeout, uh, celebrity tea, all of these joints that are like have taken the the online like gossip joints and like really making them shade room making them pop like on the internet make, making them pop on instagram so that like damn you, you probably like i mean i'm pretty sure their site traffic is is consistent mm-hmm. 
but like media takeout has now been outdated because they didn't fucking translate into um, like Instagram social media fast enough. Mm-hmm. But with all of that, like, are we supposed to be even seeing all of this? Like, like how do you leverage something that you find entertaining, like a Karuchi and Quavo story? Mm-hmm. Being that you have a, a, a outlet that has been in, important in so many different parts of the movement mm-hmm. and giving people information, and I mean that's. Like a third of the movement is education, right. you know. So, but how, how do you leverage that? You know, like how, from personal interest to, and I'm, I mean, you're a pretty intelligent guy, so yeah. I'm sure you're not like, well, we all have our vices, right? Know? Right. Well, I think it's, it's a couple things, right? I think first, I believe in optionality for people, right? Like I'm a big believer in if there, we don't own enough things in general that's a complete sentence like we like black people don't own enough stuff it's we don't own okay. enough assets we don't own enough land we don't own enough companies we don't own enough things in general so i think i i try not to comment on whether um somebody should or should not do something my first question is how much of it do they own like mm-hmm. my immediate question is how much of the thing that you're doing do you own like who do you, does someone have to sign a check for you to sign more checks? Mm. Or do, are you, is your name on the front of it? Because right. that's what we're talking about. Now, is that a, is that a morality thing? To me, being to, like, what you're, what are you selling out to? Or no, I don't, is that I, like, no, a, I mean, I mean, purely economic. Like, we yeah, move okay. the morality from a second. Like, I mean, on a pure economic level, do you own enough of this to shut it down when you feel like, uh-huh. to go in a different direction if you want to, right. to say, hey, actually, I'm done with this portion of this type of content. I'm pivoting completely to this. Absolutely. Feel free to come if you want, but I'm doing this regardless. Like, do you have that level of freedom in what you're doing? Right. Because if you do, one, I support that. Two, I commend it because that means that you actually have done enough work to underpin whatever it is that you've built Absolutely. to make it something that can travel with you. Yeah. Right? Because that creates what I think a lot of people want out here which is flexibility like all the creators i know talk to try to build with it's about flexibility like the when they grow and they get bigger clients or bigger gigs or whatever it is that allows them to live the kind of life that they want and that they aspire to but i think the quintessential part of that before you get flexibility is like you have to own enough of something to be able to say no to certain stuff absolutely routinely and consistently because not every gig is for you not every deal is the right one not every person you should build with like you got to be judicious about that so i think like first i'm always interested in like what's the paperwork look like Mm. like what like what like who owns what after that i think we can have a conversation again about like what is worth reporting because to me black twitter is still one of the it's actually to me one of the most important places that is curating black creativity the the my my fear is that we don't under, we haven't talked enough about like how that creativity gets taken and then repurposed and then sold to us right mm-hmm. so i think i think today actually this is crazy so i don't know if people remember when that picture of rihanna um and Lupita, Lupita. at the yeah. at the actual um oh, yeah. fashion yeah. Right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right i told my friends about this today go ahead so yeah, yeah. so so now it has be it's actually gonna be in production. Mm-hmm. So somebody tweeted like, yo, I would love if they're this like Rihanna looks like the friend who does the scamming and then Lupita looks like the <laughs> smart computer that, hacker. That one tweet right. has that one two hundred and eight thousand reads. It's crazy. Right. Right? People went nuts. They're like, that's lit, let's make a movie. Then Rihanna tweets Lupita like I'm about it if you are right. and Ava's like oh interesting uh-huh. and then Issa's like Basically. I'd love to write it right Netflix like cut like Netflix exactly. Netflix cut the, cut the deal yeah. like right. Netflix beat out major studios to have 
Ava in production to direct, mm-hmm. Issa to write, Lupita and Rihanna to star. Right. In a film, or whatever they're going to take it into, it could be a series. It's Netflix. A series. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Netflix, if, yeah. Netflix gives intergenerational bags out here. Like, they just give money. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> frankly, like, that, that, like everybody's going to go see it, but then that can be a series. You don't know. But the, the, what, what makes it so beautiful is that, like, Black people literally said, I want to see something, and enough people said, I want to see it, that Netflix was like, hey, you know what? Like, they want to see it. We have the actual capital to pay for it, and who doesn't want to see Lupita? Who doesn't want to see Rihanna? Right. Ava gave us one of the best documentaries in the past decade. Right. Oh, and Issa's on fire right now. Mm-hmm. What if we put them all in a room together and it's then filmed just, it? Like, that's great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Water is wet. Like that's a very simple structure to like mm-hmm. be on top. And in the event, like, what's the what's the harm in even taking the meeting? Like, at the minimal, at the minimal, what's the what's the harm in taking the meeting? Right. Like, what, what are you going to say? Like, what if Rihanna goes, I'd do anything for it. Like, I don't care. I, would, I don't, you don't have to pay me. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, of course she got paid. Right. But you know what I'm saying? And, and that made me realize that um, Netflix is, is, is going to be seen as like one of the first major outlets to understand the worth of like the culture. Because you have outlets before that like, oh yeah, cool. They hit it on a buzz, but the buzz is so big, like nobody can miss it. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix somehow had somebody in their fucking infrastructure to catch this like yo we need to get in on this you know and caught it early enough to where i'm sure their bid like i mean obviously it's it stood the test of time and all of whatever anybody i'm sure hbo trying to throw a bag at it like like these things are happening and the funny thing about like like black media or black social media is like when you're talking about like um you have shows like you know like on hbo like hbo will cancel a show like if it doesn't get enough social media impressions Mm -hmm. because of what insecure does because of what a scandal does because of what Hmm? came a throne the other shine the show before uh you know i'm saying so like it's really like how how do we like kind of like cut that off from everybody anybody else being able to just tap into it i think people i i I don't know if you can cut off because we're i think in general like a lot of this to me is like historical. So if you think about the way like black culture and like diasporic culture in general mm-hmm. works, like we're griots, like we tell and own stories. Right. Like that, that is like a cultural thing. I don't care where you're from in the world. Like if you have a grandma, she's probably told you a story. Um, you can layer that in depending like I'm, so I'm, I'm West Indian. So like in a family like that, like your <laughs> the way in which like you remember people is by the stories that are told to you by the people that were there before you. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of how media mm-hmm. and, and we involve ourselves is cultural. First. We're very anecdotal people. Right. And so it's a natural, it's a natural expressional form. And it is actually one of the ways that people have coped. It's one of the ways you've seen people like get over extreme trauma. It's obviously like all over music, right? The best, the best musicians are the best storytellers. The right. people we, the, the, the greats, Biggie, not like they're incredible like they could be novelists. Like they, people that, forget. Like my, they're novelists. In my, in my eyes, they are. They like that's how they move. Yeah. It's just a different medium. Um, right. It is, and so I think the, the the first question is like, do people really know what they actually want to do? Because I know a lot of people out here that are talented, that are uh, impressive, but I don't think they understand the requirements to actually be involved in the craft. Mm. So like I I know I have a lot of homies that are like I'm an aspiring this. I'm like no, you either do it or you don't. 
Like I told my people, like stop putting aspiring in your bio because if somebody is looking for talent, I promise you they are. I promise you these SVPs of talent are on Twitter looking for people because you know you know what's worse than losing is not being cool. If you're if you're talking about a big brand, what's worse than like people not caring about you or like us not having a popping thing is like being late. Absolutely. And since black culture is inherently first, people are generally always late because when we get over something, other people are like, "This is cool," but we're already doing something different. We're already past it. And and so if you're a creator or a maker, you're a writer, you're a photographer, you're not aspiring. Like you take actual pictures, so you're a photographer. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not you're where you want to be yet is a personal thing. So that's what you do with yourself. But you do not present yourself as aspiring. You present yourself as I am professional because I am involved in my actual profession. When it mm-hmm. comes to actually ownership, when you start to do that, you start to ask yourself different questions. You start to ask something like, "Wow, have I incorporated myself? Um, did I? You know I'm saying, did I? Uh, did I?" pay the $500 required to register as a minority or women-owned business in the state of New York. Uh, do it, like mm. you, you, start to, you start to do that because you're like, well, I, I want this to have some sort of longevity. Right. And to have longevity, I need to make sure that like I have ownership. To have ownership, there's probably like some sort of tax involved. And then from there, like when it's your entity, you move it how you want to move. And I think... To, uh, a lot of us sometimes like getting we want we want the sexy stuff but like the actual back end of building something is super unsexy mm. the hard work it's, it's, it's a lot work. right like you're you, this is a podcast like you're growing listeners you're trying it's it's unsexy like the sexy part is what people see it's the chopping right. it's the editing like chuck edits photos man i've been in the green black room like that's not that sexy like there's a lot that goes into that there's a lot of things that go from like oh you took a great shot to like wow this is crazy mm-hmm. like not everything makes the exhibit. The meticulous work behind it. Yeah, not everything made it. Like he, he, he got the best pictures and that's why people were like, wow, this is, tell me about it. Like, tell me about this. Well, you don't, I don't know how many shots it took him to get to the point where like, I want to see that picture in my home. Right? I don't know that. Wasn't that, it like, it was like, we sent through like 300 some photos? 400? Uh, it's like 300 something, like 380. Yeah. Right. We sent through. I mean, he he crowdsourced like I mean, he knows a big task. He crowdsourced, right. but anyways, we, but he's, but he's a, absolutely, absolutely. What I'm saying, what I'm saying yeah, he's a professional. Yeah, man. like this is what he does. Like he 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 really is a photographer mm-hmm. because he takes himself seriously, which means his work quality will continue to escalate. And so I think when we when we talk about like people wanting to own stuff, like I I I what I try to do is I try to give, tell people the actual honest truth about like what my work looks like as opposed to like whether or not people see me as some sort of like influential figure because that's stupid because the worst part isn't like am i gonna pop it's do these kids out here really know what it's actually required of them because it's no lack of talent i, I mean, think part tech of it is, is the like, most like unsexiest like like of actually work to do like tech is one of the most unsexiest things that looks like so easy like a lot of kids want to be steve jobs but can't write code like you have to do all of the boring stuff before you can actually it's anything else any skill before you can actually apply like use like application for it and then actually put improv- improvisation to it to make like a creative side of the standard fundamentals that you know you've got to go through all of the fucking stages so like man learning different codes learning different programs and right. applying that and writing them out on a daily basis I'm sure you to like get to that point. I mean how many kids how many kids like high school kids or younger have you like directed toward like maybe C++ or any kind of like 
digital education that yeah. they can get from for go to go beyond just posting on social media. Right. So I'm 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 non-technical, right? So like my I studied political science and American cultural studies. So my background is always like at the intersection. So I'm a, I'm a writer by trade, okay. but like I'm a I'm a I'm a thinker by intention. But I'm like also an autodidact. So like I teach I teach myself stuff I don't understand. Mm. And so for me, I've had to I've literally watched and started to learn like what is required of me to actually gain some level of competency in a, in a thing I don't know. Because once you get in this game and you're like doing stuff and you're hustling and you're involved in entrepreneurship, like there's a bunch of stuff you don't know. Like I can confidently say that I am just more aware of all the things I don't know, which means that there's more learning to be done. And stage, so, stage two of learning. Right. And so you you, you realize you're you're at your upper band of, of, of competency, which means like, okay, you have to figure out first how you actually learn and then start doing the kind of learning required of you to actually get to a point where you feel like I'm there. And it's also about comfort zones, right? Like you get your comfort zone and then you realize you're there and then you run in the opposite direction because that's where the growth is. Absolutely. For sure. Um, we're going to jump back to this in a little bit. Um, I want to give Fab a little time to get her tunes off for the day. Oh, yeah. So um, I did the Kicks USA um, Coogee Puma launch event last week. And basically a bunch of like local and Philly rappers are there. And they built this like booth in the store where um, we basically played their like most recent tracks yeah Ty was yeah, they, who built that booth that guy oh you that built booth. that booth that guy built that booth I know booth. you built it oh well Ty builds things and then he no but listen Get Ty, Ty, Ty just listen do. listen listen Ty builds things and then he doesn't have to set it up cause he's that guy so other people were setting up the booth right. so I didn't know that he had like parts in it yeah, yeah man he's just doing well Ty uh, PVA, you know, studio out here cetera, building booths. If y'all building need booths and taking video <laughs> of the pro- you should have seen Ty in there. The the rappers were like kind of um, singing along to like when we were playing their tracks, right. and you see him in the camera, but he's also like dabbing <laughs> like as he's recording. I was like, wow, this is a this is a lot. Um, but yeah, so there was a couple of good artists there. Um, uh, We'll feature them in the next couple of weeks, so I won't like go off okay, and name, name them all. That's good. But um, there was one artist, and I just realized that, because I wasn't here last week, I had a song to play last week that I didn't play last week, but I was going to play it this week. But because I just did that intro, we're just going to go to Benny Fats right now. Um, Benny Fats? Yeah, the Benny Fats. <laughs> I like it. Um, let's see. Where was he from? Is it this dude? Let me see. No, that that one was the Trini dude. He was good though. Yeah, yeah he was good. <laughs> Yo, let me tell y'all. Somebody's abuela came into the store, <laughs> and she was like in her night like gear, nighty slippers, sapats, and everything. And she came in and she's speaking full Spanish. So I don't know what she was talking about, but she's like pointing at me, yelling, and like um, Drewski, I guess, knows Spanish, and he was right next to me because he was hosting. That's crazy. And she's like yelling at me. <laughs> Pointing, I know, right? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, wow. and I'm like, yo, she's yelling at me. What is she saying? He's like, she he's like, play turn shit. the music yeah. down. <laughs> and I was like, man, no, but she was like, I actually felt bad. I, I'm, I'm assuming that she like lived. What time of night was it? It was like eight, nine o'clock. Well, the, oh, no. no, the what? event ended at nine, so it was like eight o'clock. On what day? Thursday or Wednesday at the mo- yeah. Okay, but. 
I mean, it was only two I speakers. It, it wasn't <laughs> I it. a I'm, crazy. I'm well asleep at nine o'clock. Like. <laughs> I mean, Will Fortune was still on. You know what I mean? At nine, at, it was like seven thirty. Oh, that's seven thirty. Yeah, yeah, Jeopardy, okay. Will Fortune, Jeopardy like 7, the shows were Will on. Will Fortune, seven thirty. Unless we I'm were a like interrupting. Fan, I get it. <laughs> but it was just crazy. And then she stuck around and was yelling at everybody oh, I that she could. She was like and then doing the cops a were called. She had the glass bottle. Remember she had. Some oh yeah, she was well. She had a glass bottle. It was a lot going on. Um, <laughs> the cops were called. Clearly. I um, mean, it's not a Brooklyn party unless the cops call, so that's like regular. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, so Benny Fats sent me uh, some music. This is called New York again. Is he from New York? Um, I believe so. Honestly, I, I forgot. But I do think he was one of the New York. Oh, yeah, you know what? He's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Um, Big up to Benny. But yeah. Oh, Ty knows how to take off the case quickly now. See you. <laughs> um, but yeah it was cool and then we were doing freestyles and the theme was like cause it was also um, um, the theme was also like New York so she had me playing like 90s New York jam so I was playing wow. which is nice because it's like I was like the last time I was there the week before it was like you know a little mumbly <laughs> but yeah so this is the track um, it's called New York Again I kill this somebody bring the coffin in My name Benjamin, I'm all about the Benjamins So much cake I got endorsed by enemies Catch half a body, I put half of the cash on you Keep posing in the cannon, going flash on you Yeah, have you sitting in the wheelchair Lose the legs like the top of Dr. Phil here I'm in the streets, you know, trying to sign the Interscope My nigga slinging weed and we slinging coke Boy, don't make me put you in the scope Your whole clique jerk chicken put you in the smoke Facts I hang hard like a curtain do If it's personal, I come alone and murder you The whip work come back like porcelain I got it, I got it feeling like New York again 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 Benny Ben They've been waiting on me I put on for BK and YC I got it feeling like New York again I got it feeling like New York again Mommy flyer than a pigeon though Bow legs with the fatty and she pigeon toe My neck in the road face full of snow July 4th, June's mommy enjoy the light show She licking like her fingers full of barbecue I love your brains, I never met a girl as smart as you Even seconds don't bother you Einstein, she think like the girls at Harvard do Mink seats in a new race Thanks God that I'm eating, gotta say my grace Still got Benji's with the old face Been a long time since I opened up the old Safe. Coke in the Michelin's, straight from the fisherman. Sharks in the tank in the crib that I sit them in. Sit them in. Free all my new blocks in the pen. I got it, I got it feeling like New York again. 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 Penny Ben, they've been waiting on me. I put on for BK and YC. I got it feeling like New York again. I got it feeling like New York again. Family don't mean we got the same blood. Cheering umbrellas in the rain does. Yeah, so Ken is rocking because I feel like old school New York. Yeah, man. You appreciated Back that. in my zone, my era. <laughs> boy, if you don't get this ether boy. Uh... 
Yo, you know what's crazy? Such it's, a hater. So, um, shout out to Benny Fats because I mean that's that was dope. I was I was feeling the track. Um, does it have a gram SoundCloud? Yeah, um, we'll put it in the information on okay. the thing. But I believe. Let me look it up and I'll uh, announce it later. Bro, Thanks. you know that? <laughs> do you know they're trying to take down the Biggie mural in yeah, Brooklyn? I, I think they are. Like, they are it going down. to. Yeah. It, 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 insane, yo. Oh, Fulton? Um, Before Green? Um, I don't know the exact location. I, I don't know the exact there's location. There's a few of them. That's the thing, because there's like okay. six of them. Um, they're putting up a new one this weekend? In the same location? No, because they haven't, they haven't taken a- it down yet. But it's like the landlord who's owned the building for a while all of a sudden wants to put charge like 1200 to keep it up. And niggas not paying 1200 to keep it up. But all of a sudden you want to charge 1200 to keep it up. Charge who? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, put my tax, <laughs> put my tax dollars towards that, and remove it from the Trump visits to New York City. How about that? The numerous. It's ridiculous. Oh my god! Can't keep up no murals and nothing. So annoying. Oh, sad. Um. So, John, what what do you feel is what's the future for Blavity? Uh, it's a lot of different things, man. So we we're doing a lot a lot of original video content. So one okay. of the things we've always wanted to do was to make sure that we could be a distribution platform for like creators making dope stuff. Because um, the barrier to entry is still really high, right? And I think it for me, I think it takes way too long for talented people to pop because people still have to wait on gatekeepers. But everybody's still doing their own stuff, especially in a city like New York. So uh, we've got a lot of um, shows right now that you can go on the website and. And check out. We have a dope one called Situationships, which is pretty lit. I was actually looking uh, at that. Oh, that's fire. I, yeah. I, was looking at that I like the other dating one that yeah, you guys did. Yeah, that the, did the really well. Oh the, oh, the first one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that those are fire. And then we got um, another one we did. This was produced um, uh, by uh, Lena Waithe, who's really, really, really talented. And so it's actually like a married couple. Um, and they've been together for like 10 years and so they just break down like how their relationship actually functions mm. but like they don't lie about it so they talk about like what it was like moving in together what it was like oh. like actually like dating what it was like sort of like when they actually fight and how they like work through that and like they're just really really honest mm. so that I think that's actually like a healthy conversation Absolutely. that like doesn't happen because a lot of times like it's really really vitriolic or there's like relationship hot takes which are just like not how that works right because usually relationships that i've seen function are like inherently slow takes and so you sort of like need that balance and you deserve it so that's been dope and Um, and like in going off that like you'll see people's relationships via their snapshots of their oh yeah gram of their facebook so it's it's almost like a fantasy of what might really actually (laughs) be going on right Uh, that they're trying to portray so it's a it's a real good insight and look into what real life yeah. marriage into you know that yeah. far into that zone what yeah. it looks like what that's it feels like that's special we did um uh, earlier this uh, one of the first ones we did was um amanda seals we did her first and second season so that was really really dope she's so dope. she's super super talented been grinding forever man she's like one of my personal favorites yeah. and so it was really it's really special to be able to like promote that and to like be a part of her distribution and sort of that so that's what we're looking to do um, and then also we recently acquired Shadow and Act. So Shadow oh, and Act is a really, shit. really dope sort of um, diasporic yeah. film and TV blog that's been in the game for like nine years. Okay. Right. And so run by this this dude named Tom Bay, who just is a filmmaker, but has a deep, deep love for sort of film entertainment and realized that there was a space where no one was talking about black film um, from a lot of different angles. So you can talk about black film, obviously black Hollywood, but like there are legitimate 
areas where like black film is being produced, curated, shared all over the world. Mm. That is really, really cool. It's indie. It's growing. Um, places like Nollywood, you have like the Toronto uh, Black Film Festival, all this stuff that so, like, unless you were sort of keyed into, you wouldn't know about. So we're really excited to sort of build that, grow that and make that um, really, really um, commanding digitally because I think it fills a big need. There's a lot of people in our audience that are filmmakers and DPs and um, screenwriters and people that might want to get into screenwriting or first time filmmakers that like, mm-hmm. you know, need that community to feel like they're not alone because that's a, that's a really hard Absolutely. like media and like, Filmmaking itself is crazy difficult, so you need sort of that tribe to fill it out. So I think that's what the future is there, and we also have experiential stuff we're doing, and so just trying to add value um, where we can and, and make sure that people can get what they want from Blavity, and if they see it a type of way that, however they sort of interpret the ecosystem we're trying to build, that we serve them where they're at. Still, I personally love the daily Blavity community emails. And if y'all need, like, (laughs) recaps on what the fuck happened the day before, y'all better sign up for these emails because they're great. And it's straight to the point. They're like, here's who got me fucked up. And it's like a link. (laughs) It's so perfect. Whoever writes those is like A1 because I enjoy those. Huh? Oh, yeah. As soon as you wake up, you're like, oh, great. This is what I missed. So we try. Yeah. I engage. We try try to give people stuff because we know, like, if you're in your commute and you're sort of like growing and doing stuff you you deserve to have information that is relevant but also like we're not here to waste your time it's like people are busy people are working people are mm-hmm. hustling so let me give you like an actual tangible thing that you can get education from you can see somebody doing something dope mm-hmm. you can laugh a little bit and so you can get your fix whether you're on the train or what whatnot and so like we, we try to really we take that really seriously and it's one of the first entry points to sort of like blavity mm-hmm. i think we've, we've been really consistent with that and, and shout out to crystal who actually curates and writes that so oh, nice so, very cool um definitely appreciate you coming by and, and sharing sharing your words and, and your thoughts and opinions with us man we definitely appreciate you like i said it's been a, a long time <laughs> in the making we met on saturday been at the top yeah, of yeah, our yeah. list you know what's funny it's like we met on saturday <laughs> yeah. and like chuck is like is looking at me i'm like oh yeah what's up john he was like we walked away. We were like, nigga, you didn't know that? I'm like, no, I didn't hear a word you were saying because we was at EDP and it was loud as shit. <laughs> yeah. He was like, nah, nigga, he's going to be on the podcast. I was like, oh, that's John. All right, all right. Wait, this past weekend? Yeah. Oh, y'all went yeah, to EDP? Yeah, we went to EDP. Oh, and, oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> right, right. okay, I told you. Hey, man. Fab, I, text I you, believe I, told- I was the one that started it. We have a group chat, John. Right. So, <laughs> with Naturally. several other like Harlemites, Naturally. plus like a Brooklyn. And um, yeah, I believe I began that conversation. You did. I don't so, know where I went. We were like, where's Fab at? We figured we run into you in the crowd somewhere. Yeah. It was cold as hell. Actually. It wasn't. I mean, it was really? slight. No, it wasn't cold. I mean, com- <laughs> the past three days before it was 95 degrees. So. Yeah, it's still spring. Right. You know, spring, exactly. Spring on spring. So, but it was decent outside on the piers. It was a good time. Everybody's rocking, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I can appreciate. Like, I, 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 I want to stress that. Like, it's such a great feeling to see so many black people out having a great time. And there's no problems. There's no hassles. Like, that's. That that's something that needs to be promoted because it, it it does because I don't want there to be a connotation with like what happened down at Irving Plaza um, uh, last year with with um with, you know it's like an, a year ago exactly right yeah. so it's, so like I don't want that to be the connotation that people think of when black people gravitate together hear music I mm-hmm. want what EDP looked like to be the connotation like they can't get together have a good time and like leave and everything be fine and you know what I'm saying it was. 
You know, it's not to like go into a whole nother um, topic, but <laughs> I've been like quieter this episode because my my boss, I mean, my like job is like blowing me up right now. It's done now, but like before and basically, long story short, we're running this family and friends thing. Right. Um, we're basically got a new chef. At, let me know if you want to come to Um <laughs> And we're like doing a family and friends um, deal so that people can try the new menu and, you know, kind of like be in when it's usually kind of slower for us. Um, during yeah, dinner service during the week and stuff. Right. So we're doing this like chef tasting um, complimentary experience um, and it's like literally like for the dinner and it's, you know, to promote the dinner menu. So I guess like a certain like people were booked for tonight and my phone starts blowing up and they're like oh you know this table came in for the dinner they had the dinner they ordered drinks they racked up a bill of like 200 on the drinks and now they're surprised that they have to pay for the drinks versus like they thought dinner was like and you know and you and and they called the cops once they were like approached that like no this didn't include the drinks yeah and and wait to the people book the, the, table. the guests called the cops the guests wow and wait were they black <laughs> look at Ken's face and to book the table I mean unless you come through me like you have to fill out this credit card authorization form because right. we're, we're not going to book a table without it being you know these are standard dinner like procedures, procedures. <laughs> and on the CC form it says you know like gratuity also isn't included because our staff have to eat you right, know what I'm saying so long story short yeah they were black yeah, they called the cops because they didn't want to pay for the drinks. And now my phone is blowing up. And I just wish we would do so much better. Damn, I just really early. wish we would do better, man. It just really started. Did. Didn't it just start? This, yeah, this shit, like, we released that email on Thursday at 4 o'clock. When did you first start booking people for this? Thursday at 4 o'clock. Jesus, this is like, come on, guys. That's supposed to be going. And now it's like, <laughs> we're not going to take it away because there's, you know, a oh, lot yeah, of people right. that are booked, but it's but just like, like, it makes really the tension higher, though, you right. know? It's, it fucks up the environment. It dog. fucks up the environment. And then when you go. And now you're on and, right. and they went on Yelp and like, uh, and Google and stuff. And like, that's not the point of us like basically giving away dinner for free for you to go on and and now you're fucking up my business you know what i mean you're fucking up my money like i may write write an email do you know who they are i'm i'm aware of who they are i don't personally know them but like basically we 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 took this email list that like people that have either been in the venue before or or i've spoke to about events or something like that and we send it to people like that so like it's just really frustrating and like and I wasn't. I didn't know until I went to the email thread and I saw who it was. And it's like wardrobe stylist and all this stuff. And I'm like, come on! Like, why you're did you like? Uh, I just you're better than this. That's why they called the cops. It was one of that. But I just like it's just really frustrating. So yes, it's really nice to like you know there are a bunch of events in the city that are like you know there are no problems, there are no fights, nothing. But then at the same time, shit like this happens, and now like it's a black you know guy. I work with white people, so. So because of that, I was going to say, yeah, I wish we would project this. No, 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 no. The people that need to know, they know. Mm. Let's keep it right there. <laughs> it gets out of that comfort zone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, or that bubble. I don't want to say comfort. That out of that bubble, then goes a little too big. <laughs> that's when it gets ruined. <laughs> Have you not seen this with everything? EDP, the way that they keep moving it around to, and then like sometimes they just literally won't fucking post a flyer. Like, if you know, you know. Like, I like it like that. Right. 
I get that. I like my no, crowds. No, I get that. Not like bougie, but like a little like curated, curated, centric. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, yeah, that's my gripe for right. the moment. Fab got a rant. That sucks, man. It sucks. Really sucks. You know what I mean? I'm more so more for like for I'm, Fab. I, yeah. like, I mean, you saw it in my face. Like, I knew where it was going. Yeah, yeah. You were like, Wait, it wasn't your, your idea, was it? Like, you didn't pitch this to at work, right? No, no, no. This is my, the owner okay. himself wanted to do this. Okay. So that's. No, know. that's good. That's good. I was just making, I was just covering Again, that. Again, like, you know, not, not only black people act like this, but like, it's just like, it's a, it's a, I think it's a classist thing. But if you're comped yeah. a meal, you pay for drinks and you tip the bartender 20%. But like, since when does dinner and the food menu, like, Although it doesn't, and now they want, you know, the girl that's responding to these emails to like literally lay it out in bullet points. And I think that's like, it takes away from the, the like, it doesn't become personal. It's like robotic. You know what I mean? Like I'm more for like the experience and like actually like talking to people like real people. And like, why do I have to tell you that? oh, this is just for the food. If you want drinks, you're going to have to pay. And for most part, if people do have that question, they ask. You know what I mean? Right. Like, why aren't you asking these questions? Why are you assuming that all of a sudden you got this email and everything's going to be free? Like, what are you doing for me that, that you deserve that? All right. So I've, I don't know. I think I might send an email to her like, yo, as a black woman, like you really didn't have to cause a fucking scene like that. I might do that tomorrow. Well, Stay tuned. Well, Fab sleep, well, sleep on that one. I know, I'm gonna sleep on it. Dude, but hold on, hold on. Let's, update next week. Let's, I like, I like that, I like that momentum, and let's like shift it right back. So you, you do events. Your company, your company does events as, a, as an experiential kind of like activation. Yeah. Now, have you, you know, I'm sure you've done like maybe like a fr- some, something complimentary. Mm-hmm. Like, ha- how do you, like, have you a, like, yeah. witnessed, like, or had to deal with that, what she's dealing with now, where people tried to take advantage? Like, like uh, I saw something, it was at, um, was it uh, Curlfest? That's, is that the one in, uh, at Prospect Park? Yeah, yeah Curlfest. Like, people were trying to take like three or four bags. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's like, a couple hundred dollars worth of product, even at sam- even at a sampler size, in each bag, and you're trying to get good away with a rack, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. these are for people to experience the product at a smaller yeah. taste, so they yeah. can go, hey, let's buy this. Like, yeah. come on, like, yeah, man. We, I mean, I think uh, that's like not a black people thing. That's like a people thing. I would right? appreciate. You, and, I appreciate you saying. And that. And so I, 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 I feel like this is a very specific situation. I don't. It. it, it it frustrates me but i feel like also generally like we pay a higher price for everything in general so like the thing is when some when something like that happens the reverberations affect like everybody right mm-hmm. so like in in this in this context like i was talking about how like anytime something else happens like you're on high alert because you're like again like the preconceived notion is that like again like something could happen because one th- one thing did happen that isn't right. that is not universally applied when someone else of a different yeah. hue doesn't do something. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're skin tone one, True and you oftentimes, like, can just do stuff like right, that. just a one-off. But if you're, like, three or greater, then it's just, like, somehow a systemic issue. And I think that is something that, like, all of us wrestle with in your careers or any any nice. any, any any environment. Uh, from an experiential standpoint, like, we've, we've had people try to, you know, finesse things and stuff like that. But I think one of the things we've, we've tried to really be upfront about is when we, when we announce an event the tickets are usually always discounted up until a certain point. We make sure that like people have like a solid window to be like, Hey, these tickets are open right now. Mm-hmm. This first batch is like going to be low. Early Save bird. your coin. 
get it. It's gonna it's gonna grow. It's gonna continue to grow up. Anytime we have speakers right now for Empower Her, any speaker has their own discount code. So we know people are gonna rock with certain people. Yeah. So the speaker has like fifteen percent off code. We're like, yo, forget trying to finesse. Like they're gonna give you the finesse. Like use it. And so we try to make sure people that are price conscious or are like, man, I don't know if it's worth it. We we give people as many options as possible to opt into something they want to go to. Now, obviously, again, because it's a people thing, people are going to try and see if they can like get it day of. And for whatever reason, people are motivated to do that. Like That's just part of the uh, game. And I, I, I don't it, know what that is. We, we were just how, talking about that because goddamn Henny Palooza tickets, right? People are like, just now, like, I swear to God, like I think that Lowe or whoever might have said, hey, these shit sold out. Officially, I go to the group chat. Hey, so who's trying to like slide to like, bruh, you ain't, what? No. Like, yeah. This is a bigger, this is a deeper thing though, because my, my, my feeling is like, I have homies that do things and I immediately ask them what it costs. Mm. Like, I would never hit you and be like, yo, man, take pictures. I'd be like, yo, what does it cost? Can you, like, what does it cost for a shoot? Some people don't do that. And they though. don't. No. And that's, I don't rock with people like that. I'm yeah. going to keep it a bug with you. Like, if you know I'm, if you know I do something and I know you do something against your craft, mm-hmm. I don't care if you have a day job. I expect you to know your rate. Even if you don't, I try to admonish my friends in a sense that like if they don't see their worth, I will. And I'll say, what does it cost? And I get try I said, I didn't ask you to not quote me. I asked you to quote, quote me, me because I want you to understand that when you start dealing with businesses, they're not gonna accept that. They're gonna look at you crazy if you don't have a rate. Cause they're used to paying something for value because right. you don't not pay for it. this is New York City. You pay to breathe. <laughs> the air co- the air costs money out here. And depending on where you live in the city, like the air quality goes down and it still goes up. Like it's no, it's no regular, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I feel like if you're creative or you're doing something, um, one charge and two, like you should have people around you that pay you to do stuff. Like I don't expect GP unless somebody's like, yo, I want, I involve it. Or like we have a partnership type of situation. Like right. I always expect I have to pay for stuff right. because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's my man's. Like if, I, if that's my homie or like my homegirl DJing somewhere, I don't expect to get in for free unless she's like come through. Like I don't, right. I don't, I don't have expectation. I have an expectation that like they're working on their craft. And so I'm coming to support. Um, and I, I think that's just a, growth thing like I, I i know some people aren't there yet some people aren't they really struggle with that because it becomes a personal issue because sometimes people don't value who they are and that's a projection thing so if you don't know who you are you automatically project free stuff because you probably feel like you might not make what you want to make or you might not be getting what you want like a lot of that comes down to how you view yourself in the context of what you're doing my experience has been most times people aren't doing the thing they want to do because they're not willing to bet on themselves because they don't actually believe in themselves enough to do it. So then everyone else pays a price for that because Mm -hmm. then you start talking to other people who are betting on themselves like they're you and they're not. Mm. And so if they're not you, like don't treat them like they're you and pay them what you owe them because it's not, it's business. Like it's not, to me, it's like, I don't put my emotions in that. Like, so, but it, it gets deeper and it's hard. Like I don't, it's a tough thing, but it's, it's something I had to learn. It's, it's something I feel like people got it. You got to tell your friends like when they're bugging. Like, you got to mm-hmm. really be like, yo, man, like, pay me. Like, <laughs> stop. Pay me. I do this. Compensate me. Like, right. I'm not, like, we can talk about the rate, but like, this is my skill set. Like, you, like, if you were trying, like, who wakes up and tries to be mediocre? Like, who wakes up and is like, I'm trying to have a super average day? Like, if you said you want to Some do something, people, like, this is a thing. That's a thing. I don't, I try not to hang around people like that right. because I yeah. feel like you're super, not growing. It's complacency. I just don't, I just don't think that's I sexy. Cannot I just at feel all. like that's not. And it, and it, and it affects you long term. 
like it really affects you long term and that's like with whether you're just having a conversation and it brings you fucking down or it's just like oh well these people are happy like no like i can't me personally like and i've like stopped being not friends but like repositioned people in my life because they're just not on the same mindset and it's like it's not selfish but it's just like you know you have these goals like you got the bigger picture you know what i'm saying and if like you can't really you're not really a part of it or you you don't see it or you think that it's not attainable like you're not gonna help me it's like a playlist like you curate stuff Mm -hmm. like i curate the people i spend time with because i want to hear from them because they add value and if you're an acquaintance, like, I think it's funny now, I think a lot of people, I, people have known me, I've grown a lot, and people are like, that's my mans, and I'm like, if I don't know you, like, you're not my mans, like, what we, we had an episode what about we, that, we, like, 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 that happens to me now, it's, it's been a weird thing about being, like, a little more well-known, but still being, like, a regular person, right. and people mm-hmm. are just like, yeah, I met Jonathan, I'm like, we spoke for 36 seconds, <laughs> And you I actually may, asked I, me if you was online yeah, for the bathroom. I may, I, I, may, I may have provided you a card. You never followed up. But like you're talking to my actual homie who mm. actually knows me, mm. who's actually been in my home, mm. who's actually met my brother. Like you mm. don't get access like that. Like this is a, this is a gated community when it comes to my personal life. Stay off the property. Right. And so I think that level of confidence comes after like I've tried everything but confidence right like after you're like all right I've done the self-doubt thing I've done the loathing thing I've done the like am I good enough thing like Mm. the only thing I have left is to like bet on Jonathan so like if you're not trying to take those type of bets on yourself then like we probably need to like be acquaintances on a a different level level. you know what I'm saying and that's cool dap it's love it's no hate but I I really believe in in in, in growth and and there's a level of consistency that like I have to have because now I think when you're building something like it doesn't just affect me like it's about my team like when I when I'm really when I'm really working like I'm working and there's a team there's people um you know there's there's there there's payments to be made there's client expectations like it's not about whether or not i'm trying to be a nice person or not like Mm. you know what i'm aligned with you know it's not you know i'm not playing about this you know it's a thing and i think when people start treating things like that you you respect people's time you 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 try to look for like where you can actually add something of substance as opposed to just being like you know how many like daps do you want to take without actually like having anything of value to show for mm-hmm. it. And I think that's just, that's just that's like, big. that's like, a, yeah, it's like a thing you you learn and I think people grow apart and grow and people sometimes need time by themselves to acknowledge whether they've been that person or they've been receiving that and then you can kind of like, I've had to sort that out because I felt bad about myself for it being like, yo, am I just like bugging right here? Like, am I just alone out here? And then I realized like I needed to reassess like where the periods in my life were that I wasn't actively growing because I wasn't investing in my friendships or I was pretending something was a friendship when it really wasn't. Right. It really yep. wasn't. That's Absolutely. not my home. That's not we're not friends. Like we kick it, we're in the same circle, you know what I'm saying? Well, the, yeah, like it's in the you're in the scene, you in media, industry, but like yeah. yeah, yeah, you're in the industry, but like Friends, friends for bro, what? Bro. Like friends for what? It's for not real friendship though. It's no. just it's a it's a it's a like a facade. It's a false like gaze of like something similar to a friendship because there's contact and mm-hmm. then there's mm-hmm. um like a disingenuous like uh like emotive exchange yeah. so it's like you ask me how my day was and it's like oh yeah you know 
it's like those qualifying factors to just be a friend. Mm-hmm. But like, really, would that dude like hold you down, yeah. or would that woman have your back? Like, mm-hmm. it's really New York is a crazy place because you have to really realize who is tribe and yeah. not like like early. And if you don't, like, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, I speak that from experience. Well, you, and you you get you get to life pivots and moments, and mm-hmm. the people you thought were going to hold you down aren't. Because yeah. they don't want you to leave. Because right. their 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 self identity is associated with you. So you're trying to grow. You got to go to a different market. You gotta you gotta sometimes do something they might not support. Mm. And then you start. And I think the thing is like in New York, it's funny. I think feel like people really feel like Flex is gonna come and drop a bomb on your dreams. Like you're just gonna wait, and he's gonna be like, "It's crazy. He's about to light the city on fire. Wait for him." And that just <laughs> doesn't like stop. <laughs> like stop. He wasn't there. Like, yeah, he, he's not co- like, he wasn't there. He, he's not coming, right? Like you got it. You got it. You got to put yourself on. And I think the people think that happens by having like as many friends as possible, and like those things are mutually exclusive. exclusive. Absolutely. Like, like I have friends that I'm gonna have. Like I think there's a picture of um. Like Sidney Portia and Harry, Harry Belafonte at like the March on Washington, they've been friends for like sixty years, like forever. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I'm trying to do with my homie. I read an article recently, and it talked about like male friendships are um, like a predictor of like our health. And so if we don't actually have solid friendships, when men who are married to women and the woman in the relationship dies there is a correlation between that man dying within five years. There is no correlation to the woman actually dying. Mm. And so like, I've thought about this for like my homies, like I actually, we have to have serious relationships now that are solidified before we get married or engaged because, because it's, it's very serious because we actually need each other. And I, I legitimately learned that from the women in my life who've been like, yeah, I'm busy this entire weekend because we're going on a girl's trip. And I've been like, why do, why do I only see my homies like once a fiscal quarter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like for real, no, I, I hundred like what like what is that? Is it cause, like we can go see a game? We can go do game night. We can go downtown. Like there are literally hundreds of things we can do for free. Why do we not see each other? That's a choice. That's not like it's not my. It's like a choice. And so I've literally tried to carve out time in my schedule to call my man's. Be like, yo, how you doing? I love you. You want get you want get food? You want kick it? Uh, here's what happened to me this week. I'll send emails like because it matters for me because I don't want to get to I don't want to be like 38 and wonder how my man's is doing. Uh, where your man's right. where, where where he lives, yeah. right. how his kids are, who yeah. he married. Right. Like yeah. I refuse to be like living where's Waldo with a sure. dude I went to high school sure. with. That's that's unacceptable behavior because that wasn't that but that clearly is not my man's anymore because I didn't work for it. I think sometimes like. People got to understand like relationships are work, but like outside the romantic context, like friendships deserve work. Still work, yeah. Still work because people are hustling, especially in New York. Like you have to. Work. I I put people on my calendar because they matter to me. Yeah. So we get an hour and a half block. I'm like, I'm not looking at my phone. Let's talk. How you doing? How's your? Don't lie to me either. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Don't lie. Yeah. Don't lie. You know what I'm saying so. Like that to me is like a bigger thing that I I've, tr- I've tried to at least share with like my people because I I think not enough people just talk about that because it's hard to really maintain an honest friendship as you're growing and it's like it requires vulnerability and you gotta like it's a lot of stuff that we're told doesn't matter but like it does Mm. (laughs) (laughs) like I don't I don't know how to like there's no like secret sauce like it's really important that's one of the sadder things about the and I guess more so like kind of toning it down it's kind of like one of the like sadder things uh, about the new generation is that they've been they're being fed these like false pretenses of either 
masculinity or what it means to be friends or what it means to be in a relationship that like there's there's so much attachment and in injection with these kids to like the internet and this like the actual web that it's like if you really sit and thought about it like how much time are they really or how much do they actually value in their brain Mm -hmm. how much do they value what's being told to them by their elders Mm -hmm. or parents or whatever Mm -hmm. like that matters Humans. like the reason yeah, human interaction <laughs> yeah. the reasons the reasons to which like i know like you know what to look for in a woman and stuff like that that came from my grandmother and stuff like that that was because i didn't have a cell phone uh-huh. and i was sitting down watching jeopardy uh-huh. when she picked me up from school uh-huh. and yeah. she would just tell me about how she fell in love with my grandfather you know who had passed away right because of that because right. all he had was his brothers right. and when he died and the brothers died my like no like that's my grandmother died like shortly after she didn't have yeah. any friends either yep. so yep it's one of those things but like you got to realize through the generations like they leverage different things like yeah that generation lever leverage fun uh-huh. for growth yeah for like building foundations for where most of us are now uh-huh. to be able to go to the store to be able to buy Apple watches and have podcasts and own studios like right. our parents and grandparents like gave a, gave up all of the shit we did now. So much so that they even don't even understand what, how we pursue what we pursue now yeah. because they look at it all as just fun and recreation. But society has placed like society's value is a moving target, and mm-hmm. so like society now places value on these things that seem recreational. Like it's a it's an amazing thing that a, a girl can make a job salary just posting tees and clothes. So. It's like it's just kind of a thing that where you think about like when your parents and when you're pursuing what you're pursuing and where your parents are with where they are. Like, yeah. I think that it's sad. Like these kids, they don't have that. They don't have that. And yeah. the parents are getting more and more like they're locking us more and more up. That's not slowing down. Right. Like more and more absentee fathers. Like more and more. Like it's, it's interesting, man. Because I think like I, I've I, I, what I've seen is that like we I try to use the mediums where like I know people are, and I think sometimes like. The vilification of millennials does like a lot of harm and it, it does less good because like these kids are not not going to use cell phones like my goddaughter mm-hmm. she's like six she's about to be six months old like her whole life is going to be digitized yeah. whether mm-hmm. i like it or not we're like her t- whole, too far you know what i'm saying like her whole home. joint is going to be like every like vr is going to be a part of her existence like she's going to have it in primary school where we're going so my thing is okay like one who's going to own that so like I think about my circle, I think about all right, who who which of my homies is gonna like build that company, and how can I support him, and then on top of that, like what things do I need to make sure are involved in her life from an early age so she can ha- see the level of optionality she is provided with and have like frameworks for different things she might want to pursue, but along those lines, part of the issue is like we <laughs> people sell dreams they don't actually want. Mm. So I think it's totally fine to sell a dream if you're actually doing it. Yeah. Because then it's not selling. It's like a part of who you are. But a lot of people out here like want a thing, but like not that bad. Mm-hmm. And so it's like sort of your like side hustle dream, which is like really awkward because it's not a hustle because you just think about it and then talk about hustling, <laughs> right. which is right. also like. But you can't execute. But you can't execute because that's Ugh. the only thing you right. get paid for. Execution. Right. Like, that's it. That's why the checks get bigger because you executed and people know you for your work. They don't know you for your instagram following exactly they don't know you for like whether or not somebody likes you and and the sad part about it is like 
yeah, you can make a lot of money being sort of known for that. But if you think about the economics of it, what happens when they find somebody younger than you, faster than you, or does something different? Like, you're like that. That's not a secure enough thing. Right. Mm. And again, like <laughs> Instagram changes its algorithm. What are you going to do? <laughs> right. But what what if they deprioritize like fashion, just as a test? Right. <laughs> for like three months. Like, what do you do? Right. Like that. I I don't I don't want to be like you that, know the, the bearer of bad news. Is. But like but but like you have to have. That's why like us like the unsexy things are the things that matter. Like your foundation. Right. Like you have to be able to talk to people. You have to be able to sit down and engage with somebody. And not be looking at your phone. You like those are tangible skills. Focus is arguably the most underrated thing right now. And I'm like, we are living at an age where we I don't think we've ever been more distracted. No, oh, we've never had sure. more options that's... to be literally to literally break attention. Like right now, there are fifteen things you could do on your phone to lose yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look up and be like, Wow, I just spent an hour and a half just on your phone. Gone. On your phone. Gone. In the same place. Like just just doing your thing, you're like, mm. Look! Look at the time, friends. Yeah. But you know, like that—that that to me is like those those tangible things. You don't. I think people know it's happening, but the context in which we talk about it, we we don't give people the like layers of like what that actually does for you. Because if you want to meet somebody and actually connect with them, like you have to spend time analog. Like there's some stuff that can't happen. My best memories are not digital. Mm. They're never gonna be. I don't think in my life. I don't. I don't plan on living a life that's going to be like super lit digitally until they literally upload your memories to digital. Right, <laughs> but then there'll be super crazy ones because it'll be out of my like physical consciousness. But like, <laughs> exactly. I'd rather I'd rather have Sick those. Layer. And I think we like, you know, that's important to talk about. Is people mm. are like leaders, and like, I'm less concerned about whether my people are going to make it. I'm more concerned about the my the state of their mind when they get there. Mm. Like, are you going to still be who you are by the time you actually pop? And like, what what um, what can I do to make sure that you actually like have been able to persist through the like trials or whatever tribulations, tribulations it is that yeah. are gonna that are gonna inevitably encounter you yeah, if you're if you're everybody. if you're doing the kind of work that you are like living your dream because mm-hmm. I don't know people that I think a lot of people don't have the type of jaw they profess to because if you really are out here doing your work you're gonna get hit with a Mike Tyson left mm. and you're going to have to get up on like the eight count. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have, that's why that friendship, they don't have people that will like be in their corner. They don't have, they don't have a Gus as a cut man. Mm. They got somebody that's like tweeting. Right. You I, you I fan bet. All right, cool. Like, Right. Back at it's a fight. You what still you stumbling. Mean? What you mean? Right. Two minutes left. Am I right? Both my eyes are closed. Right. What you mean? No, I'm so not all leg, right. Legs still wobbling. I just got hit. Honestly, sometimes I like even if I'm in a mood, I'll just like fucking like put out like, damn, it's really shitty right now. Like I might just say something like that, and then like I'll see who would actually like care, because then I got people who actually will hit my phone. Like if I'm saying like. This is the worst day of my life. Or like, I'm in the darkness right now. Like, people will literally text me, and I appreciate that, but from a, from who follows me, the, the widespread of who follows me, I'm like, the people that do end up hitting me up, it's just like, it's kind of a constant reminder because it's the same people, but it's just like, oh, you know? Like, damn. Like, they care that much because, but I find there's people who are more distant because people who mm-hmm. were just with me would be like, oh, David's just talking shit right now. But like, yeah. even still, like, the idea to make that effort mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I think that the the new generation is like, I just wish that we could. That's more so of a charge to people in our generation is just that we have to 
like push through that fucking wall and make that bridge because those kids are going to be moving exponentially more faster than yeah. we ever thought we could by 16 mm-hmm. and they're going to need guidance smart, and it's yeah. like they're breaking the wall that's why I like you know shout out to Tank though cause Tank did make that was it Tank? The singer? Yeah he made that fucking post about oh, yeah. fucking Lil Uzi, Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi and Yachty. it was a literally like a generational acceptance like yo like yeah. y'all need to be fucking like holy like y'all read these niggas like rob y'all as opposed to like trying to dress all cool and shit like that's what y'all prefer like y'all have to wake up like this is the future we should be accepting and more enabling so people can be more like this because we don't get Andre 3000s without somebody telling him mm. and being like yo just be yourself you don't get Pharrell's you know you don't get any of that That those are generational you don't get Kanye's those are culturally shifting moments by three people and based I, off of individuality I'm gonna keep it a buck with you when I when I go and I I like speak or whatever I consistently the follow-ups I get like adults usually don't do it it's these like 16 to like 19 year olds who are in my inbox same night like Jonathan yo thank you so much I got this thing me and my homies are doing this like da-da-da-da. like these babies are gonna be fine with or without us yeah to be clear they're yeah. gonna be good mm-hmm. I believe it like th- like this like I think it was the um, uh, graduation season was like the past two weeks right like Twitter if you like there are like 18 year olds graduating from college that are black about to go get PhDs like the, we don't have a shortage of excellence we don't have a shortage of like there's we, we are not we are not in a like like a dearth of of just despair of people who like aren't gonna make it like the challenge is like what story are we going to tell and is it going to be the actual truth like are we mm. actually going to tell the truth about what it costs us to do the things we're doing mm. and are we going to be confident enough in ourselves to admit that it wasn't a beautiful thing all the time and it was super hard and i lost my mind i had to go to therapy i had i had i had to go tell some people i wasn't myself mm. i broke some hearts i had my heart broken and now i am a I am more in love with myself. Like, are we going to... I we think gonna, we will. I think yeah. we will. I, I think the it. generation above us aren't. And I think that we've gone to like these little panelists and we've met all these people and we see the jig. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're we're a little bit like, we're not afraid to share that story, like right. to share the truth. And right. I feel like that's why like, not like Generation Z, but the generation under that is going to be like, they're going to fucking take over the world. But... And then they understand things beyond a binary, like just level of understanding. Um, well, that's all. Like, I mean, no, I mean they they do though. Like they already understand like intersectionality. Like they you, like you know what I'm saying. Like the kids have figured out like why there's not a need for race anymore. You know what I'm saying. Like the kids have figured it out. We're only being like you're stupid because it still exists. You know, it's a, but in their world it <laughs> well, doesn't. That's what I, that's what I was and we say. low key. It's it's more so about the world that we create but, and put in the sections that we, boxes that we put yes. them in. But that's that's, that's, that's elders, a disservice to them though. Like but because I'm just based saying, off of, but that's, archaic, just that's the barrier that will be set is the one that we and of the adults that they have place upon them to make them not be able to see yeah. those barriers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we could keep going for days on that. Literally. Um, Dave, what have you been watching this week? Um, honestly, I'm just up on, uh, I'm up on American Gods. I'm also, I'm co-reading as well. Mm. So, co-reading. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my man. <laughs> my man. I, when I go in on something, especially when it comes to uh, sci-fi mythology, I'm a big comic book nerd. Okay. Like, 
I go all in on it. So yeah, I, I have to read the book. And and the dude uh, Neil Gaiman also has like another book uh, called about Anubis and his sons. And Anubis is black in the show and in the books. So that's more so something I'm looking towards that and um just like Veep in Silicon Valley, which is obviously a right Silicon obsession. Valley. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. you finished. You uh, did finish. Did you finish Dear White People? I finished Dear White People. Uh, Shorty finished wait, Dear wait, White wait. People Have too. you seen it, John? Not I haven't fully. I'm fully watched. Okay, it's lit. It's lit. You have to watch it. Shorty liked it too. Mm-hmm. So that was. Agree. When you were John, when you were talking Indicator. about how yes. the section of <laughs> black people at your college, yeah, yeah, yeah. in my head yeah. is what I'm yeah, thinking. I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, dear yeah, white people. Yeah, yeah. You see, because like we we went to FAMU, so oh, like yeah, yeah. we so our shit was not like that. Yeah, our yeah. shit was everything's yeah, black. everything, everything. More so now we have like like intergroups within yeah, the y'all black are heavy, groups. Yeah, y'all you know, heavy in the city. Yeah. Oh, big homie Keenan. Yeah. See, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my man. Right, that's because of Ali. Yeah, yeah, yeah boom, that's the big homie. Yeah. Matter of fact, I probably might have met you, with Ali, already. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty-six. But <laughs> so, uh, dear white people, was a win. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll talk about it next week. All right. Absolutely. We're not gonna run it for you, bro. Yeah. It's all um, good. Appreciate that. It's not like a plot ending thing like that, though. So really, you can't really you ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that like the show just, itself. Just be quiet. The show itself is it's not ba- it's Watch not written it. like that. That's it. all good. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Closing up the tab for the evening. Um. Once again, John, thank you for coming of by. Of course. We appreciate My you. Pleasure. We had to let the episode run because the information that you was putting out on the table was gems. And we wasn't gonna cut you short. I appreciate that, rock, man. man. Thank you. Um, um, the tip for the evening um, is support your own, right? Mm. I mean, that's one thing that I feel that, and going almost going back to what you were saying, like we don't own anything, right? Or the majority of stuff that we don't own, and we don't own much because we don't support each other, right? If you were to look into different cultures, I mean, it's and it's, and I know there's different. There's I know there's Asian people listen to us. I know there's white people listen to us. Italians support Italians, right? Jewish support Jewish, Chinese support Chinese, Koreans support Koreans, right? Black people need to support black people, man. Support black businesses. I'm in the process of, of um, moving uh, majority of my money to a black bank. Um, so, like, these little things and little steps in the process. Support your black stores, your black clothing lines. Like, it's it's high time that we start building businesses together. And for full price. True. And for, for full, full price, price yeah. yo. Not, not for the low. God yeah. damn, for full price, <laughs> <laughs> Stop asking for that discount. That shit um. touching my heart right now, boy. That shit touching my heart right now. God. Oh. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, so, closing up on that, uh, my name's Ken. I'm Fab, and I have a few more things to God say. <laughs> Since we're supporting each other, and y'all in the city... If you guys need somewhere to go this weekend, oh well, you guys, you guys live for us. Talk um, to me. The lineup for the weekend Ooh. is as follows. It is. It is Memorial Day weekend. Isn't it, it is. It? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're in town, uh, you should come support the following. And I happen to be DJing all these things. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> uh, live Friday at Union Square Lounge. Uh, I'm on at seven. Then Bad and Bougie brunch by the Brunch Kings. They're the DC homies. Um, I'm on at three, three to six, and that's at Hammerstein, which is gonna be insane. Then later that day, fun with friends in Brooklyn. Um, they're good people, so come to that. It's the freesome. And then on Sunday, this event called Trapcella at Stage Forty Eight. Trapcella. Yeah, Trapcella. Okay. It's a it's a bunch of trap parties and booziness yeah. and mm. and then a Caribbean joint on Friday, okay. so everybody's happy. And then hopefully the weather's good on Monday, so we could barbecue. You know. 
Okay, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be attending at least one of those events, maybe six, <laughs> and um, maybe all six of them. <laughs> but yeah, so you're Ken. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as I was saying, um, drink water this weekend. Yeah, right. Just like water, a lot of it. Um, yeah, close <laughs> close up the bar for the evening. Uh, my name's Ken. I'm Fab, and I'm Dave, and you listen to the Last Call podcast. Cheers. Boop.